Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well. Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench until 7 o'clock tonight. Busy show coming your way between now and 7pm. Going to talk about the Ireland squad that was uh, just announced earlier on today for the World Cup. No Keen Healy in that squad. Hopefully hear from Andy Farrell a little bit later on. Also coming up on the show, we are going to hear from Joe McCarthy, who's reporting on a big West Cork derby. And we are going to uh, talk American football as well. And we're going to be talking about Cork's new social and football uh, responsibility officer on the Big Red Bench. You're listening to the Big Red Bench. We're here with you until 7pm. Delighted you could join us on the Big Red Bench. A very busy hour of sport coming your way between now and 7 pm. If you are a Liverpool fan, you're not going to be too happy with how things are going. Liverpool still trailing Newcastle by a gold snail. Stephen Goldsmith, that's St James's. Newcastle 1, Liverpool nil. The deadlock is broken and the home side have it carelessly given away in the middle of the park by Liverpool, who have played so well and been so composed all game. Anthony Gordon ran onto it, clear of the Liverpool defence and just slotted it past Alisson. Newcastle 1, Liverpool nil. 72 minutes on the clock there and Virgil van Dijk sent off as well for a straight red card earlier on in the first half not long after the goal was scored actually for denying a clear goal scoring opportunity uh, Shane Pennington was watching Man City's win today at Bramall Lane it's finished Sheffield United 1 Manchester City 2 and the champions 100% stars continued here then but only after some late drama here at Bramall Lane Erling Haaland missed the penalty in the first half before he headed the visitors in front just after the hour mark but Sheffield United thought they'd got a point when Jaden Bogle flies with 5 minutes left only for Rodri to fire home an emphatic winner three minutes later. Ami Amahatic should have equalised again for the house, but fired wide late on for an encouraging performance in all from Paul Heckenbottom's side hits. Finished Sheffield United 1, Manchester City 2. Elsewhere, Aston Villa had a good win today over Burnley at Turf Moor. Peter Smith. Burnley 1, Aston Villa 3. So, back-to-back wins for Villa, who bossed the first half and led in the break thanks to a double strike from defender Maddy Cash, who struck from short range to give his side an eighth-minute lead before combining with Moussa Diaby to fire in a second on 20. Burnley visibly improved after the break as Leo Foster half the deficit a minute after the restart before Diaby restored Villa's two-goal winning margin on the hour with a low instantaneous 18-yard drive. Burnley 1, Aston Villa 3. Elsewhere in the Championship, Blackburn Rovers beat Watford 1-0 at Vicarage Road earlier on today. In the Sports Direct Women's FAI Cup, Bowes beating Dublin neighbours Cabinteely 3-0 in the second round. Slagger Rovers had an 11-0 win over Bonnegie United at the showgrounds. Now, rugby, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that Ireland squad was named today. The big news is that Kean Healy has been ruled out. That's due to the injury sustained against Samoa. Lower leg injury after a collapsed scrum last night against Samoa in their final warm-up game against Beyond, in Bayonne, I should say, against Samoa. Jeremy Lockman getting a spot in the 33-man panel. 18 forwards and 15 backs is what Andy Farrell has opted to bring to France. Jacob Stockdale has not made the squad. Sam Prendergast also missing out and uh, there are three players who have uh, been named in the squad who are going to be going to their fourth World Cup they are Conor Murray and Keith Earls Munster Joe 
either as course recent Test Centurion and uh, the captain Johnny Sexton they all feature at the 2011, 2015 and 2019 editions of the World Cup so the 33 players in full and the forwards as we mentioned 18 forwards Ryan Baird Finley Balaam Tyg Byrne Jack Conan Kellen Doris Tyg Furlong Ian Henderson Rob Herring Ronan Callagher, David Kilcoyne, Jeremy Lockman, Joe McCarthy, Peter O'Mahony, Tom O'Toole, Andrew Porter, James Ryan, Dan Sheen, and Josh Vanderfleer. And in the backs, it's Bundyaki, Ross Byrne, Craig Casey, Jack Crowley, Gretzky Jack involved in the World Cup squad, Keith Earls, Jameson Gibson, Park, Mac Hansen, Robbie Hinshaw, Hugo Keenan, uh, James Lowe, Stuart McCloskey, Conor Murray, Jimmy O'Brien, Gary Ringrose, and the captain, uh, Johnny Sexton. Ireland's first game is against Romania. That's in Bordeaux on Saturday, the 9th of September with a half to start, followed by the clash with Tonga on the 16th of September and then South Africa on the 23rd and then the final game against Scotland on Saturday the 7th of October Alright uh, elsewhere today in golf John Murphy finishing up best of the Irish at the Czech Masters and the DP World Tour shooting a level par round of 72 today the Kinsale man that left him 10 under all round 12 shots off the winner England, England's Todd Clements Potter Harrington finished up on 5 under par meanwhile the final round of the Tour Championship is underway in Atlanta Newcastle just hit the post there against Liverpool as well uh, Roy McIlroy's teed off from 9 under par he's in a tie for 8th Norway's Victor Hovland is a 6 shot leader of the chasing pack on 20 under par elsewhere today in athletics Ireland contesting the 4x400 metres women's relay final at the World Championships in Budapest uh, this evening Kenny McGrory Charlie Maudsley Roisin Harrison and Sophie Becker will represent the Irish Dackets underway at 10 to 9 tonight Gaelic Games and the Bons of course Premier Senior Football Championship Divisions and Colleges Final it'll be Dew Hallow and UCC going head to head that is in Porkyrin starts at 7 o'clock one game underway in the SC Systems Cork and Senior Championship is Chandun and Carberry going head to head this evening that is in Castle Road starts at 6pm Cork's Callum Walsh moved to 8 nose professional overnight in California the uh, Corkman's opponent Juan Jose Velasco retired in between rounds last night after the end of the fourth round it means the Covenator retains his WBC Super Welter belt uh, the Silver Super Welter belt uh, he wasn't at all happy though he was interviewed after uh, the uh, fights and he wasn't happy he, he, that he wasn't able to put on a show for his fans Velasco told his corner he ran out of gas he, he said he couldn't go one more round with Give us your comments about this fight and feeling right now. You know, I just want to apologise to all the fans that showed up. I wanted to give you a fight, I wanted to give you more, but that was out of my control. We didn't have time to warm up in the back because there was some early knockouts. We got rushed in here. I was just getting going and he quit, so I just want to say sorry to the fans, but I look forward to putting on a better show next time. Yeah, it's a huge future ahead of him, doesn't he, Callum Walsh? Um, in the in the game we heard from him last week on the show, Aiden spoke to him for the Big Red Bench. Also spoke to his trainer. He's being trained by Freddie Roach, the most famous trainer in boxing. We also heard from Freddie on last week's show. It was great to hear from him. And a little bit later on in the show, we'll hear a little bit from uh, Tom Loeffler, who is um, a veteran of the US boxing scene. He certainly knows his onions when it comes to boxing. Um, he's promoted the Klitschko brother Shane Mosley, Triple G, among others. But he's also uh, promoting um, Callum Walsh, Callum backed by the UFC and Dana White. So huge future ahead of him in the sport. Ain't no now as a pro and I spoke to Tom uh, a couple of weeks back actually before this fight. So we'll hear from that, uh, Tom a little bit later on about his plans for Callum in the future uh, just to wrap up uh, the news roundup Max Verstappen has won a record equaling ninth consecutive Formula 1 race he claimed victory in a rain affected Dutch Grand Prix ahead of Aston Martin's Fernando Alonso Pierre Gasly 
in the Alpine was in third of the defending champions uh, Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez was in fourth so what that means is that uh, Max Verstappen has claimed a ninth successive race win that equaled the record that was set by Sebastian Vettel it stood since 2013 I'm not sure many people are going to be betting against the Dutchman winning another Grand Prix the next one is next week they're telling Joe GP at Monza so he's going to make a record there 10 wins in a row I don't think many people will be betting against that uh, Newcastle uh, looking to make it 2-0 uh, against Liverpool there 78 minutes on the clock Liverpool down to 10 after Virgil van Dijk was sent off in the first half Newcastle still leading by a goal to nil uh, in that game uh, thanks to uh, Gordon's goal in the first half after 25 minutes Alright, uh, I'm going to start with uh, some local Gaelic games and there's a big West Cork derby today as I don't Ross made it two Cork LGFA County Championship wins out of two following a convincing win over their West Cork rivals Bantry Blues in Skibreen this afternoon 4.15 to 3.7 was how it finished Jeremy McCarthy, the hardest working person in the business without a shadow of a doubt was there he spoke to Ross's manager James O'Donovan OK James, look a comprehensive result on the scoreboard at the final whistle but um, from your point of view the overall performance of O'Donovan Rasta today in terms of the Junior A Championship and a second consecutive win you must be delighted yeah I'm very very happy with the performance today to be honest with you um, I thought the girls played exceptionally well I think the foundation for that would have been our defence I think we were very very tight in, in, in the backs and didn't give away anything too easy right we coughed up a couple of goals at the end but aside from that like we didn't we didn't offer them too much and then I thought we controlled the ball very well and when we got our opportunity to score we, we took them um, I suppose they've been, they've been showing us this that, that this performance might have been on the way to training and stuff like that but uh, you know I didn't expect it and we very very happy with it you know um, it's a own robin championship you know yourselves from last year to the final how difficult it is to win it but two wins in the be- under the belt now and two games to come I mean the momentum is with you yeah look I suppose it's, it's great to get the wins and again it's a competition like this and, and you have I suppose if you have to win a coaching file you have to, you have to win six games like you know or you have, to play, you have six games and eight to play so like um, you know momentum is very important I suppose alright so look delighted to have two wins on the board now takes a bit of pressure off um, your midfielder and your Cork senior uh, Laura Manny involved in most of the goals but her running uh, not just her running from deep but her defending it near at the end really showing her class yeah Laura's an exceptional player like she's like she's a serious talent and like she's so committed to her club as well which is which is you know a great thing about her you know so she she always puts in huge performances for us and, and today was no exception she, I thought she was brilliant you know brilliant performance again from Laura um, Does it help the winner around Robin that the game's come thick and fast and you don't have too long to re- remember what a good performance you've got to get back on the training pitch and go again because as we said momentum is key but you've got to keep winning to get to that final that's right I suppose George. it's all very well and good once, once you can see injury free you know if you play week on week and it's brilliant it's, it's great the girls love it um, makes our job easy as well I suppose but again once you can say keep the injuries away you'll be fine you know so hopefully they will well, you've got two more games to go it looks like you're in good nick but congratulations on today and we'll see you again for the championship is out I believe that's it George. thank you very much yeah, that's uh, Ross's manager James O'Donovan there speaking to Ger. Liverpool have equalised against Newcastle. Darren Nunez with a fantastic goal there for the Reds. Fine, fine finish from Liverpool's number nine to level matters there. Ten man Liverpool level away to Newcastle. One apiece, 82 minutes on the clock. They'll get to report on that one in just a second. Let's hear from uh, Bantry manager Aidan Collin. OK, Aidan, look, not the result, obviously, the Bantry Blues were looking for, but an improved second-half performance. A lot of young players out there. You're still very much in this Junior A Championship. Yeah, Joe, look, from our perspective, um, we didn't perform in the first half. That's not taking from the Skibreen girls. They, they were outstanding, and they are a very good quality side. From our perspective, spoke to them at halftime and asked them to go in the second half and play the game they were willing to play 
play and in fairness to the girls teach and every one of them from those who started to those who came on each and every one made a massive massive improvement in the second half so we can't complain from that point of view How important is it when you lose you lost a tight game you lost a game to like last year's county runners up how important is it to keep that momentum and just keep those heads up because you've got two big games coming up Look we have a big game against uh, Middleton and we have a big game against Donny's then coming up um, from our perspective you know Bantry girls they've been going through a transition period for the last two years there's a lot of young players coming on there you saw from the other Donovan Rossi girls there the experience showed yes it's difficult to keep a momentum to keep the, the heads up but you know they're a young team they work hard and they buy into everything we ask them at training so we have no fault with them and we have no doubt that we will turn the corner going forward and playing junior A football championship and playing this level is going to bring them on anyway but I mean obviously you're hoping now against Middleton to try and turn around what have been two very good performances into a result yeah look that'll be our objective we have two games left in the championship it's up to us to put our best foot forward now and keep ourselves in this championship and only us can do that that's Bantry Blues boss Aidan Collin they're speaking to Jarrah after uh, today's uh, defeats uh, to O'Donovan Ross uh, 4-15-3-7 Jarrah mentioned Laura Manny and her impact on the game today the Corks and you spoke to Jarrah the full time Muslim uh, Laura Manny first of all congratulations uh, obviously getting your second consecutive Junior A County Championship win is important but yeah, a young Bantry team put it up to you for long stretches of that game today yeah I think um, we wanted to come out here and focus on ourselves for today especially being at home in front of a home crowd um, I think we focused on what we could do right what we could have improved on from Middleton game and I think we did that but we have lots to improve on again for next week um, Obviously getting so close last year you want to get back and go one step further to the county final this year but the fact that it's round robin the games are coming thick and fast this is going to help the younger players in your team and give them all that experience Yeah exactly we have a good few players now that have stepped up and they're showing it out there like they're well able for it but I think the group stages even last year it helped them now and helped them again this year to push on and know what junior A football is about uh, Midfield seems to suit you. Uh, you ended up scoring a goal and setting up a couple of the other ones. Um, is this a future position that you'd hope to nail down? Um, if I could get the fitness up a small bit, then maybe. But honestly, anything that I can run onto um, with tackling involved um, and passing the ball off is something that I enjoy. And they seem to be playing to your strengths because your teammates are making space for you, but they're also on the end of those, uh, those moves. Um, you've got some good forwards in there. Yeah, I think we have a very smart team this year. They know um, not to run towards the player, but they break out, and then that gives you the decision to whether take it on yourself, but most of the time passing it off, and as you can see, they can finish it. They're well capable of it, so that's what the team is all about this year. Um, I don't want to hark back to it, but it wasn't the end to the Cork LGFA Intercounty season that we wanted, but how much does it help to get back into the club scene and get stuck in? Yeah, I think um, having a defeat like that against Dublin and then going on to win it, it is bitter, but when you get to come back to club and start enjoying the game again and winning, it does make the difference. Two games down, two wins, two games to go. You're in good nick at the minute, um, but it, you've got two tough matches coming up now as well because uh, you've got another West Cork team in Donnie's and also Douglas. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've Demanway next week now and they beat us in the West Cork final. I think we have a lot to improve on from that West Cork final. Um, we won it last year and we beat them and it was obvious that they wanted to um, even the playing field. So both of us will be going out again next week. I think they're playing as well today. It's their first game. So um, we both want to get as far as we've both been in um, junior A with a couple of years. Excellent stuff. We'll talk to you again for the end of the championship. Thanks very much.
Yes, Laura Manny there speaking to you after uh, today's win uh, over Bantry Blues. Good win for Donovan Ross at 4.15-2.37 at big, big West Cork derby today. As I mentioned, Liverpool have equalised against Newcastle. Stephen Goldsmith is watching. Newcastle 1, Liverpool 1 and Liverpool even with 10 men are always dangerous. Newcastle couldn't get that second goal and now the visitors are level. Darwin Nunes on as a substitute with an absolutely wonderful finish with his right foot a bullet into the bottom left-hand corner. Newcastle 1, Liverpool 1. Yeah, it really was a terrific goal from Nunes and uh, if Liverpool get a point from this considering they've been without Virgil van Dijk for most of the game after he was sent off after 28 minutes, it'd be a good result for Liverpool indeed. But still a long way to go there. Four minutes of the 90 plus whatever is added on there but we'll keep you up to date on that. Going to talk American football. It was a big weekend for the sport in Ireland. We had Notre Dame defeat Navy. A big win for Notre Dame uh, last night at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. 42-3 was how it finished there at Lansdowne Road in that college football game. Um, so it was a big, big win there. Uh, on the Friday night, um, the, core, or the Irish Wolfhounds um, played uh, a game at uh, Donnybrook um, in, in sorry the under 19 uh, Wolfhounds team played in Donnybrook as they took on the community school of Naples um, so the Seahawks coming across the, the waters take on the uh, Irish Wolfhounds under 19 team and to finish in a win for uh, the Seahawks they won 22 to nothing at Energia Park but still a good performance considering a lot of these players, as I found out when I spoke to head coach Alan Lamastney, hadn't played 11-a-side football before Friday night's game. Alan Lamastney is the Cork Admirals head coach, good friend of us here at the Big Red Bench. He had the honour of uh, coaching an Irish side um, on Friday night and coaching the Wolfhounds uh, against uh, the uh, Naples side. So I'm going to hear from Alan about Friday's game. Right, it was certainly a big week for American football in this country with Notre Dame defeating Navy last night at the Aviva Stadium. And on Friday, the Irish Wolfhounds took on the Community School of Naples uh, on Friday night at Donningbrook Park. I'm delighted now to be joined by the Irish Wolfhounds coach, uh, our good friend and our Cork Admirals head coach, Mr Alan Lamastney. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm good, Rory. How are you keeping? I'm good. And as I said, Alan, look, uh, a busy weekend of football across the entire country. We'll get, I suppose, to your Wolfhounds against CSN shortly. But just uh, as a whole for, for the game in this country, it was an incredible weekend. It was. Uh, the, like the Notre Dame, obviously, are, are known as the Fighting Irish. So when they come here, they bring quite a following. I think there was 40,000 Americans flew in for this. Yeah. Which is, you know, I, 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 I was hearing around the place that it could be a, a record for, you know, amount of them coming in for a game here. Mm. Um, the whole place was was thronged yesterday inside inside in Dublin for tailgate parties, and you know, it was a great atmosphere. Lots of people shouting "Go Irish!" So, you know, I, I was it was a cool atmosphere to to be in the stadium then to see, you know, the they have the they were the first college ever to have a, a band and. Their, their band they have actually more people in the band I think than they do on the actual team <laughs> yeah. so yeah it was it was pretty cool and look obviously they got the win as well they, they, mm. it was a fairly lopsided game but uh, look it was a great start to the season for for the, for Notre Dame yeah right uh, for the Wolfhounds uh, you were on the sideline you were the man in charge how much of an honour is that for you to be the head coach of a, a national team Alan yeah listen it's it's a huge honour uh, privilege to be coaching the guys I mean we, we only started this this is the uh, under 19s Wolfhounds team so 
we uh, we started this back in April um, with the idea that we were going to join the the Gift Games, which is the Global Ireland Football Tournament, um, and that we were to play uh, a US high school in basically our first game ever as a team. Uh, which obviously, as you can imagine, is a pretty daunting, mm. you know, proposition because our guys had never played together as a team. These guys are playing since they're six, seven age, maybe. And um, uh, yeah, it was it was a fantastic. I mean, look, you get to play Friday Night Lights, which for uh, you know anyone that, that likes American football is is a well known term. I mean, American high school kids play every Friday night. Uh, so for our guys to be in and be able to do that, it was a it was it was a great uh, experience for them. And um, look, you know, we 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 held them scoreless for the first quarter. Uh, uh, you know, we were down. I think it was a fourteen nil at the half. And um, you know, it, I think we got a bit. Of, we got going in the second half, but we still we still unfortunately we didn't get a score. But look, it only ended up twenty two nil at the end. So for a team that had never played before. To go and hold, uh, you know, a US high school to, to 22 points for a game, that's uh, that's a pretty good achievement. And um, a lot of our guys had actually, you know, because our youth league plays eight aside, mm-hmm. um, and over half of the team that played Friday night had never played 11 aside. Right. They had played only eight aside. So look, you know, I, I was talking to their um, their athletic director who used to, who was um, he uh, he played offensive tackle for the Patriots. Uh, back in the 90s and uh, he was he couldn't get over the fact that uh, most of our guys had never played 11 kitted football before and still only gave up 22 points to them so I think he was a bit unhappy with his side to be quite yeah, honest I can imagine yeah was there much of a difference I suppose physically between the Americans and your side um, you know they they had a couple of uh, Division 1 college prospects there was a couple mm. I think there was one guy going to Penn State and I'm not sure where the other guy was going they were probably the hardest guys for us to deal with because you know I mean that is essentially like you know you're heading for guys that could head into the NFL at some point. Uh, overall, not really. Mm. Uh, physically, we matched up well with them, but but those two defensive linemen were, were probably the big difference maker because our defense stopped their offense, their defense stopped their our offense, and, and you know the kind of differences came really when when guys were starting to get a bit uh, get a bit tired from <laughs> from it. So yeah. look. You know, it was it was a great experience, and and we learned a lot from it, uh, both as a as a as a team and as a coaching staff. So, you know, we uh, we're hoping to play in uh, Bristol against um, Bristol Academy in October for our second game. So we we, we lot of a lot of lessons learned before we go play that one. As you mentioned, Alan, it's probably the first time a lot of these lads would have played together, and as you mentioned, going from eight to eleven and all that. But I suppose when it comes to selecting a squad, I remember I spoke to Kieran O'Sullivan, the senior manager, um, a couple of weeks back, senior head coach, a couple of weeks back, and he said like keeping tabs on players and selecting players is like a full time job on top of his full time job. Was that kind of your experience in selecting a squad for this game? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, I suppose the, the advantage I have is obviously I coach the Admirals U team and. You know, we've been, you know, in the, in a great position the last few years to be the champions, and I I see all of these guys when we play them, mm. uh, so I knew quite a lot of these these lads, and I knew what they could do, and I, you know, we got tape from the clubs, and the coaches, you know, we got them all together in the in the National Sports Centre Dublin, and we did a couple of training days, and we we kind of picked out who we were, who uh, who were going to be the guys that started for us, but look. You know, we we kind of set out with you know we we kid up as many guys as we can that could that could get involved, um, and you know you could see then the guys that are you know that are putting in the effort, putting in the work, and and, and they're the guys then that uh, 
that you you end up you know getting most of the game time really to be honest. Yeah, and but it is it is it is <laughs> it is a lot of work to get them all ready. Yeah, and I suppose as you mentioned, like you you have a lot of the hard work done now. I suppose for that game in Bristol in a couple of months time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's you have to you obviously have to start somewhere. Um, you know, we've we've a couple of more. We've I think we've another three games planned for next year. A couple of more American teams, and I believe uh, we're just talk of the Scottish national team playing us. So, yeah. I mean, look, the the plan is is that we want obviously we're trying to grow the sport uh, at the younger level. So I mean, anyone from fifteen to eighteen, or well, sorry, fifteen to nineteen, is eligible for this team. So you know, it's giving guys an option that you know an opportunity to play for your country is hard to come by in any sport you know no matter what it is or what level so you know to have an opportunity to come play American football in Ireland to to play it at a club level and then be selected to play at a, a youth international level and then progress into the senior international level is, is fantastic plus you know there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of guys now taking notice from the states of, of the talent here Um we're going to have uh, Rod Woodson coming over again now in, uh, in September for the next uh, Hope True Football Camp. And, you know, one one or two of the guys from last year's camp uh, got his attention. And uh, there's uh, one of our one of our admirals is over in the States at the moment. And um, he was one of the guys that we're looking at. So he's actually gone to study this year. And hopefully there might be a couple of opportunities for him to get involved uh, with the football team he's with over there. So, look, there, you know, there's certainly possibilities out there for, for kids to... To get noticed mm. by um, by teams that you know you maybe lead to a possible career in playing American football. It would be a fantastic way to earn your education as well, studying over in the states and playing football. Absolutely, I mean, look, you, you know, the, the last night for Notre Dame, you could see, you know, all of those guys on that thing. Like, a lot of them are on scholarships, full scholarships. So, you know, if you're if that's saving you twenty grand a year tuition to play football, I mean, you know, you're getting an education there and you get to play football. So. It'd be a, if you could get a scholarship to play. It'd be a huge financial weight off of everyone to be <laughs> to person, you know, to be able to get to to get your degree as well at the same time. Um, for your players, Alan, and like I know you guys lost, but as you mentioned, it was only twenty two points in it at the end. I'd imagine, like when they're facing a team of the caliber of Community School of Naples, that they must have been buzzing coming off the field to show that we've given these guys a game and we've shown what we're about. Yeah, they were. I mean, look, they were delighted. I mean, you know, we we knew uh, going into it that it look, you know, it was going to be a, a big a big ask in your first game ever to do something like that. But you know, they were all they were all delighted to to have you know been involved in it. Now, what I was really kind of happy with is that they were still unhappy that we had lost. Mm. You know, so that's I mean, that's the attitude you want is yes, okay, we held them to twenty two, uh, but you know, we didn't score and we still lost. So. A lot of guys are unhappy about that, and you know there are. The following morning, I had guys on to me going, you know, what do we need to do to to improve these bits so we can get better, so we can go. You know, there's lots of want to the see. Can we get fly them over to Florida now in a rematch? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might take me a bit of organising, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm sure I would. All right, uh, as you yeah. mentioned, Alan. I mean, like. It's a massive opportunity for players, but for, for players who want to join and who want to, to play football, the Admirals is obviously the place to, to go and start that. And just getting in contact with yourselves and getting that ball rolling, who knows what could end up from it? Like, well, Absolutely. I mean, you know, as I said, there was, uh, there was, there was a lot of um, US coaches now there Friday night, and, and there was a couple of Admirals in particular that stood out uh, to them. And, and a couple, I mean, you know, they were coming up to me afterwards going, you know, we, we're going to be getting on to talk about him and, He's a prospect we'd be interested in, and one of the guys that's over over here is um, he's a guy called Dwight Thomas, and I mean he's a he's a pro scout 
for he's a professional scout for college. So basically, college teams uh, employ him to go around and, and get the best people to show them so that they can pick for their squads. And I mean, you know, when you've got the likes of him asking about our players, you know, that's it's it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal thing to happen, you know, and and. Again, you never know who's watching these type of things, and you go out there and you do your best. And like uh, Matthew Silvanioni there from from the Admirals, like he absolutely, you know, he he was flat out all game, you know, making tackles, sacking quarterbacks, and and you know, he, it's it's a fantastic thing to see. He he only joined the Admirals in uh, last year, yeah. so you know he's only he's only young, he's only just starting off his career with us. And, um, you know, now he's getting noticed by American coaches, which is fantastic. Excellent. Alan, uh, congratulations on a great weekend, sir. Congratulations on your first uh, game as head coach of the national team. There should be plenty more. And thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Thanks very much, Rory. Yeah, always a pleasure having Alan on the Big Red Bench with us. Uh, so fantastic uh, to see him coaching the Wolfhounds in the 19s. And a very good performance from them on Friday. And uh, as Alan was mentioning, if you want to involve the Emeralds, just get in touch with them. And that's uh, the first step. Liverpool have beaten Newcastle United by two goals to one. Ten-man Liverpool, who had Virgil van Dijk sent off after 28 minutes, three minutes after Newcastle had gone ahead, thanks to Anthony Gordon have won by two goals to one Darwin Nunez who uh, came on uh, as a substitute after 77 minutes has scored twice to give Liverpool the win a big big win for the Reds to get a full time report on that in just a sec on the Big Red Bench Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. And this is the Big Red Bench on Cork. Should have found the home of Red FM Breakfast with KC. The big man back tomorrow morning from 6 a.m. So be sure and tune in for that. Uh, right, as I mentioned, Liverpool beating Newcastle by two goals to one. Still haven't got a full-time report on that yet, but Stephen Goldsmith uh, reported on the Liverpool second goal. Newcastle one, Liverpool two. A sensational result is on the cards here as 10-man Liverpool come from behind to go 2-1 up and it's substitute Nunez again from a similar position on the right-hand side of the area and another wonderful finish into the back of the net past Pope. Amazing scenes here at St James's Park. Newcastle 1, Liverpool 2. That is a massive win for Liverpool. A massive, massive win for Liverpool. Uh, like They're goal down. They're down to 10 after Virgil van Dijk gets sent off. And then just two goals from Darwin Nunes. His first just four minutes after he came on as a substitute to, to equalise. And then uh, his to get a second... Uh, into injury time 90 plus 3 is when he struck so fantastic win for Liverpool and that is them up to 4th uh, in the early stages of the Premier League uh, with uh, 2 wins and a draw from their opening 3 games snatching victory from Jaws of defeat there uh, to the Reds now we mentioned uh, the Irish uh, team earlier on today the 33 man squad announcement uh, was uh, made uh, this evening Andy Farrell going with 18 forwards and 17 backs big news Keane Healy doesn't make it because of the injury he picked up against Samoa uh, suffered a lower leg injury after the scrum collapsed and uh, Johnny Sexton of course uh, captains the side Conor Murray Keith Earls going to their fourth World Cup uh, so plenty of talking points in that going to hear briefly from uh, Johnny Sexton and from Andy Farrell uh, let's hear from Farrell first 
he's just had a, a scan uh, just as we got off, off the plane now and um, yeah he'll be out for, for uh, a spell of time that won't won't be right unfortunately for, for, for Kian and for us um, certainly for the start of the competition and we'll see how his rehab goes during it and you never know towards the back end whether he could be a replacement or not oh well he's, he's devastating isn't it that's that's sport that's life that's that's certainly rugby but Keane's big enough and old enough and experienced enough to have been through these type of things before I remember in 2013 when we was on the Lions he got injured pretty early in the first game he had to fly home early so he's experienced something like this and you know he understands that these type of things happen he's obviously devastated as us we are as a, as a group for him. Is there some hope that you might make it? Well, the, the, the prognosis at this is, is, is something between um, five, six, probably to ten weeks. So how that rehab um, carries on um, uh, is, is, is something that we'll um, uh, keep a track of as we go. The toughest thing, uh, there's a couple of things. The, 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 tough, the toughest thing is that as a group of, say, 42, 43 players that's been together for nine weeks over the summer, we, we don't just grow as, as, as rugby players, as, as, a, as, a, as a rugby team. We, we, we grow socially as well, and it's always tough to, to, to drop anyone out of that type of squad. And then when you look at what we normally do uh, when, we, when we pick a squad, say, for a Six Nations or a tour or whatever, we normally pick it in the region of the 38 players. So it's, it's obvious that some quality, um, talented players are... Are missing out and you know it's a dream of those isn't it to, to play um, in, 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 in a World Cup so um, it's tough but at the same time we've got to do the right thing by, by the squad and we have to pick a, pick a squad of 33 and make sure that we get the right balance we're delighted with the squad we think we've got a, an extremely gifted squad um, and I, I also feel that the balance is right also it's tough Andy, yeah, we're, we're happy with the preparations. Um, we've had a great summer um, for all sorts of reasons. Uh, you know, this is, we've got ourselves to a starting point. There's a lot of, lot of work that's got us to the start, don't, don't get me wrong, but we've got ourselves to, to the starting point. We're the lucky ones. We're the lucky ones that get to chase the dream for, for the wider group um, and for the nation in itself. So we can't get excited about that. You know, for the first game against Romania, we're, we're in the wrong job. So I think we're, we're in, a, in a great place, ready to um, take this challenge head on. Yeah, it's Andy Farrell there speaking this evening on the uh, squad announcement. You can hear just how devastated he is about Keane Healy and the injury. And he said it is sport, but it's very tough for, for the squad to take and for, for Keane to take. Wish Keane the very, very best of luck uh, in his recovery. Let's hear from uh, Johnny Sexton now speaking about Keane and speaking about his ban. Just how disappointed are you for, for Keane, a player you've been in the trenches with a lot down the years? Yeah, I only just found out literally five minutes ago. Um, yeah, he's been. <clears throat> true ups and downs in his career he's obviously a very very decorated player and a great player and we're going to miss him you know good for him um, to miss this tournament you know uh, it's meant a lot to him how he's prepared for it and um, how he's trained uh, he's shown that so yeah I'm good for him you know if someone told me four years ago that we would be back here captain um, I would have taken it 100% um, you know so it's there's been a lot put into this team by, by the management over the last um, four years and to get their vote of confidence four years ago to, to do it and, and um, 
but this is the as the end goal. It's been huge. So yeah, I'm very proud um, for myself, my family, and uh, just for the for the group that we have. Um, it's a very privileged position to be in with such a good group. Excellent. Yeah, incredibly frustrating to have to sit and watch. Um, it's obviously my own fault, um, but that's. You know, just that's that's been life. I just had to do what I could for the team and try and learn by by watching the guys and sort of contribute where I could. And um, yeah, it was particularly tough last weekend in the Aviva. But um, like I said, you live and learn. And time to move on. Now. I had my hands up since day one. The, uh, I made a mistake in the in the heat of the moment. The, I was obviously very emotional on the day, not being part of. What I had mapped out from the start of the year was playing my last game for Leinster in the Aviva and winning the European Cup. It was, it's what I dreamt of. And then obviously to miss that, there's a lot of emotion that goes with it. And in, this, in that split second, I went on to console my teammates. I, I made a remark and I, I regretted it instantly. And make mistakes. You say sorry, hold your hands up and um, that's what I've done. You know, hold his hand up that's what he said he made a mistake held his hand up and that is Johnny Saxon speaking after this evening's squad announcement and you can hear him like, like uh, the gaffer just devastated Akeen Healy's not going to be part of the World Cup squad and very upset with himself um, about uh, being banned for the start uh, of the World Cup but um, as he said he put his hand up I mean, he's made a mistake he's apologised and Ireland now move on uh, to the World Cup uh, which is uh, getting underway very very soon Ireland's first game Saturday the 9th of September against Romania at the Stade de Bordeaux that's a half to Irish time kickoff. Uh, now Cork City FC is appointed its first ever football and social responsibility officer who will design and implement programmes to make football more inclusive for everyone and to help the club enhance its impact on the local community and wider society Conor McCahey has taken on the new role which is part funded by the Department of Health through the Healthy Ireland Fund it's been introduced in a number of League of Ireland clubs around the country Conor's worked in a similar position with Cardiff City FC and the Football Association of Wales and I got a chance to speak to Conor earlier in the week. All right, I am joined by Cork City's Football and Social Responsibility Officer Connor McCahey, uh, who's joined us here in Cork City. And Connor, how are you, how are you sir? Very well, thanks. Lovely to be here and uh, lovely to see the place. Yeah. He- heard you lots uh, on the radio, but never actually seen the place. So. And official club partners as well, which kind of helps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, talk to me, um, what is a Football and Social Responsibility Officer? Um, so in the long, long and short, um, trying to make football more inclusive for everybody. Um, so it's great going out to Turner's Cross on the Friday night, seeing the professionals at it, seeing the Premier League at the weekend. Um, but football should be on offer to, to everybody uh, to get the social benefits, the physical benefits, mental benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what we're trying to do here with the uh, FSI role, Football Social Responsibilities mm-hmm. role. Um, just trying to make football more inclusive for everybody and trying to get the groups that were might have not been involved previously and more involved in football So how did this role at Cork City come about? Um, it actually got sent to me by I do so used to do some part time work for the FAI and um, one of my superiors sent it on to me because uh, he thought that I ticked all the boxes and it <laughs> suited me and uh, yeah went, went for the interview and here I am And are you from Cork or are you from 
from uh, Clonakilty originally, yeah. um, but I did move away when I was 18 to go uh, study my master's in university in Cardiff cool. and ended up kind of away for the bones of 10 years. That's why my accent maybe is a li- <laughs> little bit uh, less quirk. <laughs> There's a little bit of a Welsh lilt there, right? yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you had similar positions with Cardiff, did you? Uh, yeah, so when I was uh, studying my master's over there, I worked for Cardiff City's uh, Academy and also for their community group and development group. Uh, so actually quite similar to my role here. Um, I used to go into schools uh, over there and um, we had development centres um, which would act kind of almost like feed, feeders for the academy but also um, getting people in that might have usually missed out on an opportunity for football. Um, there was lots of areas in the valleys above kind of mm-hmm. Cardiff, Newport and Swansea which sometimes would have get a little bit forgotten about and might not have as much uh, money mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, so oh, was that big rugby territory then as well? Was there kind of a challenge in kind of getting football into these places? Yes, actually, that does remind me a little bit about uh, over here, a bit like GAA. So uh, yeah. football is almost the second sport, and in Wales it was quite quite similar. Um, whereas especially when you went up, went up into the valleys, lots of rugby, as you were saying. Um, so there wasn't as much on offer football wise. But the kids were all obsessed with it, um, so yeah, it was good to get them going in that. And was it kind of a similar thing you did then with the uh, the FAW? FAW would have been um, it was actually um, FAW and the Welsh Football Trust, mm-hmm. um, and that would have been yeah similar thing going into a kind of. Uh, communities that are a bit uh, less financially well off because yeah. um, it would have been funded through the government and funded through the Football Association of Wales. So would you have come across Noel Mooney in that capacity at any stage from um, the goalkeeper? No, I actually didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's done a great job there yeah. as the, the head of the uh, FAW. So coming in, um, as you say, like the FSR role is about making football inclusive for all. I mean, like there have been projects, as you mentioned, like walking football and stuff like that that have gone to Cork City FC, um, which has been fantastic, I suppose, at getting everyone involved in the club and not just the match nights. Yeah, and so at the moment we've actually, we're, we at the moment we're currently running three different programmes and uh, one of them we actually started last Monday and it's um, a, basically it's called Football Memories mm-hmm. and uh, it's in, on Monday mornings in the Easy Living Suite in Turner's Croft, Cross um, at 11am to 12.30am and um, yeah, it's just aimed at, uh, let's say, people that uh, might be on social welfare and not working, people that uh, maybe pensioners, men's sheds group types, uh, just come in, have a chat, teas, coffees, uh, biscuits, and uh, talk about their memories from back in the day. And um, yeah, long term, we'll do things like maybe creating like your all time Ireland 11, your all time Cork City 11, <laughs> yeah. and uh, just getting people uh, socially interacting with each other and um, yeah, trying to. Get, get people more involved. Yeah, and has that started already? Is it starting this That weekend? started yeah. last Monday and um, it's going to be every, every Monday 11am to 12.30 in the Easy Lounge in Turner's Cross. Anyone is more than welcome to come along and uh, join in and uh, the more the merrier. Yeah, it sounds like a very good idea because as you know, Cork City fans love to talk about Cork City. It's their favourite subject. <laughs> yes, big time. And it was nice for me to hear it, not from my, my old man's voice for a change and um, <laughs> hear about the yeah, stories like playing Bayern Munich back in the days and some of the good European nights and yeah. things like that. And anybody can just come along at half eleven and just, and just join in. Yes, exactly. And it will be, we've just had it every Monday from them so everyone knows it's exactly the same time and um, hopefully it can fit into their schedule. Uh, whereas we were going to maybe do it bi-weekly but we think by having it weekly, everyone just knows it's there and uh, some some weeks people won't come and but hopefully they'll continue to come so what other roles will be encompassing so within Cork City um, so one that we're starting is pretty much as soon as the schools uh, go back is a football numeracy programme 
Um, so that is basically we'll go into schools and we'll do 45 minutes in the classroom um, and it's uh, themed around Cork City Football Club and uh, for example one module will be uh, Cork City are setting up a new club shop uh, you have a certain amount of money to mm-hmm. uh, stock the shop uh, give your reasons why you'd stock, stock everything um, and then they would be outside on the field for 45 minutes uh, coach football as well mm-hmm. so the children will uh, I'd imagine enjoy the football <laughs> part of it but um, having the new revolved a bit more around football um, should mm. keep them a bit more interactive and a bit more engaged and obviously like you've been working with the club now for a couple of weeks I suppose you can um, appreciate the, the passion I suppose the Cork City fans have for the club oh big time um, it was actually my the first game that I went to in Turners Cross as staff it's one thing I noticed uh, quite a lot the amount mm. of um, uh, let's say volunteers are coming in at five and six o'clock and they've been doing it for years and still really enjoying it mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah then just even sitting in the stands from a working point of view where I would have gone as a fan before I was actually paying attention to it a lot more <laughs> and um, the pa- the passion is still there from when I went as a kid from 20 years on mm. it's still the same um, and yeah it's really good to see and it's you get that in the in small clubs as well yeah. uh, compared to let's say if in England where so some of you get fans coming from mm. every, every different cut a different area of the country um, so yeah the fans here are great and um, yeah and you're working with uh, Eric Nihuma who used to work here actually who's done fantastic work for Cork City in the community uh, as well yes uh, Eric has actually been really really helpful to me um, she's uh, kind of yeah, she's shown me uh, everything I need to know about the club <laughs> introduced me to everyone and um yeah, just kind of put me on the right path and she's a great person for me to go to whenever I have questions or I need to bounce ideas mm-hmm. off. And I think together we should uh, work work really, really well. And you have a, an MSc in performance coaching, if you have a B licence, will there be coaching parts to this role as well with the, the club's teams or how does it work? Um, so the coaching side of things um, between myself and Erica should work quite well because uh, she's, she's a lot more on the ball with the admin side of things <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot, and then I have a lot more of a coaching background. Mm. Uh, so we should be able to dovetail quite well. Um, so for example, let's say we were going to the schools, um, I might be a little bit uh, better out on the field coaching where she might uh, work a little bit better when we're in the classroom yeah. with them. Um, and obviously Erica has she's been in Cork for years and knows everybody and she's got really good connections which something uh, with me moving away for around 10 years uh, that I might have lost slightly yeah and I imagine you've uh, a lot of plans and ideas I suppose to come and stream over the next couple of months yes uh, quite a few different different ones um, one that I didn't mention that we actually have started uh, as well is uh, well so we haven't started just yet but it will be starting the end of September is a walking football program mm-hmm. um, so that is aimed for uh, people over the age of 50 men's shed type groups yeah. and again uh, trying to get them more involved in football they'll get the physical benefits socially interacting with each other and um, yeah sometimes people forget about the mental uh, side of things as well <laughs> yeah. uh, being able to go out and just talk to people and play a bit of football um, can make a hell of a difference to people yeah. um, one thing as well that I should be uh, mentioning is that the role is part funded by the Department of Health through uh, the Healthy Ireland mm-hmm. Fund uh, and also obviously by Cork City as well um, so there's actually uh, this was scored through the FAI and five clubs including Cork City were successful in applying for the funding so it's a real pilot scheme that's kind of at the moment like yeah so it's um, basically the football social responsibility is an area of focus for UEFA and the FAI 
um, and it's a part of the club licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're delighted to get the funding from uh, <laughs> from the Department of Health and um, onwards and upwards. Well, Connor, I wish you the very, very best of luck with the role, sir, and I uh, know that people see you on match nights, and I'm sure you'll be very approachable if anyone wants to come up to you for well, ideas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. If anyone is there on the th- Turner's Cross and they see my face, and uh, feel free to come up and approach me, have a little chat about uh, anything you want. And, um, yeah, uh, if anyone does have any queries as well, uh, they can contact us at uh, uh, community at corkcityfc.ie. Excellent, dude. Thanks very much for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Nice one. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, I really enjoyed my chat there with uh, Conor McKay, the uh, football and social responsibility officer, the first uh, football and social responsibility officer um, for Cork City FC, and I uh, really enjoyed that chat with him, and I'm sure he'll be uh, doing a fantastic job for Cork City FC uh, going forward. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of boxing before we wrap up. Um, we heard from Callum Walsh at the top of the show. Before we talk about him, just have to talk about... Um, Usyk and Dubois last night. Um, like I watched, it. I didn't watch the whole fight. I joined in about what was it round five, round five, I'd say. And Dubois basically finished Usyk, but he floored him right in the fifth round. Um, hit him with a beauty of a body shot right on the belt. Beautiful shot. Referee says it's a low blow. Usyk gets about 24 hours to recover before he goes back to fight again but like that was a beautiful shot it was a legit shot um, Dubois eventually got stopped in the ninth uh, by Alexander Usyk um, but a lot of people are saying he shouldn't have gotten that far they watched the one I thought it was a fair punch hit him right in the belt nothing low about it right in the belly button um, so yeah, there's that. Um, Dubois is promoted by Frank Warren, who is calling for a rematch or for the result to be changed to a no contest. That was a legitimate blow and it should have been stopped. He got a three minute and 46 seconds uh, recovery time, which was wrong. He got it wrong, the referee, and I still don't understand if it was a low blow, why he didn't take any points off him. Yeah, it was exactly. Well said. Um, I Beautiful shot. I loved it. thought it was a cracking, cracking shot. Um, the referee maybe caught a bit in the blind side I think he was just behind the ball when he landed the punch I mightn't have seen exactly where it landed but it was an absolute beauty of shots um, you see though a few words for Tyson Fury afterwards I'm ready one fight and tomorrow and the rematch and the street fight I'm ready not uh, not boxing gloves but a street fight Yes, Alexander Rusi there, certainly a, a very confident man. And now, as I mentioned, a good win last night for uh, Callum Walsh. Um, made it 8 0 as a professional. Certainly not too happy that uh, he didn't get a chance to um, put on a show for his supporters last night. Uh, he uh, won his eighth fight as a professional, uh, stopping his opponent, one Jose Velasco, who didn't uh, come off his stool or get out of his corner uh, for the fifth round but a fantastic win for Callum Walsh now there are big things expected of this young Cove man he's um, trained by Freddie Roach he's got the backing of Dana White in the UFC and he's promoted by one of the greatest promoters uh, in the game that is Mr Tom Loeffler an absolute veteran of the USC and he's promoted the Klitschko brothers Shane Mosley Triple G among others a couple of weeks ago I got a chance to speak to him about his new protege in Callum Walsh and just how far Callum can go in the professional game Okay, I'm delighted to be joined by King Callum Walsh's promoter, Mr. Tom Loeffler of 360 Promotions. Tom, how are you, sir? 
I'm great, Rory. It's great to, great to talk to you and always excited uh, to do an interview about uh, Callum Walsh. Yeah, I spoke to him this week. He um, is an impressive kid. What was it, I suppose, that you saw in him that made you think, I need to be this guy's promoter? You know, when he came to Wildcard Gym and uh, Freddie, uh, you know, we had, we had contact with Callum originally. We put him on one of our shows. And then when Freddie gave, gave his stand of approval he's worked with so many world champions that uh he said you know Callum really has something special and uh that's all we needed to hear um you know he has a great amateur background representing Ireland and uh, uh you know with what we saw in his sparring sessions what we saw in the first fight that we had on our show um it was it was a natural to uh, to work with him yeah and Freddie doesn't give his seal of approval to just anyone so he must think that Callum is an exceptional talent <laughs> He really, uh, Freddie really thinks Callum is one of the uh, the best young rising stars that he's ever worked with. Um, he's got so much talent, and he he also has uh, a lot of confidence. Um, he's got great charisma. He's great with social media, but he's got that commitment in the gym as well. Um, you know, going into the wild card gym, and and what he said on some of his interviews is when he when he went to train, and Freddie said, "Okay, today's sparring day. If you want to train, you have to spar." kind of a trial by fire and uh Callum went through uh with fly- flying colors and um you know a lot of uh, successful amateur fighters don't make that transition to the professionals so successfully or so easily and with Callum it seems like it just came very naturally Freddie is a very you know with his experience especially with Manny Pacquiao with a big southpaw puncher like Manny is you know working with Callum Walsh who's also a big southpaw puncher uh, it just seems like a real great natural chemistry and it fits into uh, Freddie's training plans and, and it just seems like Callum has really adapted to that style that Freddie brings to the table. Yeah, I was going to say Callum has developed a lovely style. He's tricky, he's southpaw and he's as strong as an ox as well. He's very strong and I've never seen, I've worked with some great fighters, you know, developed Triple G over there in America and the Klitschko's and, you know, it's hard to compare Callum at this young stage to those legends but, um, Callum is one of those guys with knockout power, and he also starts very quickly. I've never really seen someone start as quickly as Callum does. You know, a lot of times, like with Triple G, he'd kind of fill out the first two rounds, and the third round, he'd really start to to start landing some hard punches. And Callum, like from the first bell on, he's really just jumps on his opponents and and uh, always provides an entertaining fight for the fans. Yes, yeah, Tom Loughlin there, Callum Walsh's promoter. It's a really interesting channel I have with Tom. I'm going to play that interview in full um, in the next week or so because it's a really interesting conversation about Tom and his involvement with the likes of Triple G and promoting the Klitschko brothers. So we'll play that in full. But I was really obliged that Tom took time out of his uh, busy schedule to talk to me uh, about Callum uh, recently. But that's pretty much it from us for the Big Red Bench. Thanks very much indeed for listening to us on this Sunday evening. We're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 if you missed our show our podcast will be available uh, very very shortly you get that on redfm.ie you'll get it on go loud you, you'll get it from wherever you download your podcast so be sure and check out that um, if you've missed any of tonight's show or last night's show don't forget Red FM Breakfast with KC the big man back in the hot seat tomorrow from 6am it's going to be a massively exciting Monday morning here on Cork's Red FM to so join us for that enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening my friends we'll talk to you next week the Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.